bulletin, Victoria's largest gathering of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, Torres Strait Islander communities since the October 14 referendum hailed as a rejuvenating celebration of culture. The federal government says 80 people have been released from indefinite immigration detention. And Opta CEO to front Senate inquiry into nationwide outage. Victoria's largest gathering of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities since the October 14 referendum has taken place at Camp Jungai on Tangarung lands on the weekend. Clans from across Victoria were represented at the gathering with over 300 people in attendance. Victorian Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organization CEO Antijil Kalaha said the historic event was an energizing and rejuvenating celebration of Aboriginal culture. Today has been amazing, um, memorable in fact, um, uh, with yarning circles, basket weaving, spear throwing, ceremonial dancing and you know what, both myself and Annie Mug's going to have a go at dancing. Um, I'd like to do a shout out to Uncle Herb uh, Patton uh, for coming up and also Alana Atkinson, um, because she's an amazing singer um, and um, fantastic. The federal government says 80 people have been released from immigration detention after the High Court found indefinite detention was unlawful. Immigration Minister Andrew Giles has revealed the government was prepared for last Wednesday's decision and dozens of people on appropriate visa conditions had already been released. The reversal of a a two-decade-old decision was delivered in the case of a Rohingya man from Myanmar who faced the prospect of detention for life because no country would resettle him due to a criminal conviction for child sex abuse. At the time of the decision, there were more than 90 detainees in a similar situation to the plaintiff and another 340 in long-term detention. The opposition's immigration spokesperson, Dan Tehan, says the government needs to say more about the people who have been released so far. The public needs to know and the public wants to know what is the government doing to keep them safe? What, what are the, the character grounds that these people were being held on? What are they doing to liaise with state and territory police? The federal government is being urged to legislate grants administration reforms to bring an end to so-called pork barreling. Independent MP Ellen Haynes and Liberal MP Bridget Archer are introducing a motion to the House of Representatives today to bring an end to the political use of community grants. Ms Haynes says greater fairness in grant funding is vitally important for volunteer-led organisations, small businesses and local governments. Australians are absolutely sick to death of being ripped off by governments of all persuasions when it comes to fair spending of taxpayer money. Grants programs right across the nation, big and small, have been ripped off for generations, actually, uh, for decades. We need to put the parliament back in the oversight mode when it comes to grants administration. Supporters of his 
whistleblower David McBride have gathered outside the ACT Supreme Court as the trial of the former military lawyer who revealed allegations of Australian soldiers he claimed committed war crimes in Afghanistan begins. The Commonwealth is prosecuting Mr McBride for allegedly leaking classified documents under charges of theft of Commonwealth property, breaching the Defence Act and unauthorised disclosure of information. A subsequent inquiry following his allegations found that Australian Special Forces committed at least 39 unlawful killings during the Afghan war and treated two prisoners with cruelty. Ahead of the hearing, Mr McBride told more than 100 supporters who played bagpipes and blue whistles outside the court, Today I serve my country. The federal government has softened its objections to a ceasefire in the Middle East after a weekend of nationwide demonstrations by pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli supporters. Foreign Minister Tanya Plibersek has clarified comments made by Foreign Minister Penny Wong urging for what she called steps towards a ceasefire by saying the government supports working towards an end to hostilities rather than outright pushing for an end to violence now. Victoria police say 45,000 people attended a pro-Palestinian rally in Melbourne's CBD, which followed violent clashes on Friday night after a suspicious fire at a Palestinian business in Coalfield in the city's southeast. Senate National's leader Bridget McKenzie has told seven Sunrise Senator Wong's comments were an equivocation at a time when Australia's community is feeling unsafe. Calling for a ceasefire as if there was some equivalence between the actions of Hamas and the actual reality of war is absolutely appalling and it needs to be highly condemned. The Greens leader Adam Barnes says by not calling openly for a ceasefire, the government is supporting the invasion of Gaza. The foreign minister says the government's concerned about attacks on hospitals and rising number of civilian deaths. The foreign minister says that the government has concerns, yet Labor will not call for a ceasefire. Hamas officials have rejected claims from the Israeli military that they refused 300 litres of fuel from Israel intended for use at the struggling Al-Shifa hospital. In a statement, Hamas says there are not associated with the Al-Shifa hospital management, which they claim is operated by the Palestinian Health Ministry, a division of the West Bank-based Palestinian Authority, and one of Hamas's political rivals. This comes as the Al-Shifa and Al-Quds hospitals in northern Gaza have closed to new patients, with staff saying Israeli bombardment and a lack of fuel and medicine mean those already being treated may die. The Palestinian Red Crescent Society says Al-Quds is no longer functioning and the World Health Organization says Al-Shifa is not functioning as a hospital anymore. Al-Shifa Hospital Director Muhammad Abu Salmiya has told Al Jazeera Israeli officials had reached out to him with an offer of 300 litres but the supplies were in a dangerous area and short of the 8,000 to 12,000 litres required to power the hospital every day. Back home, a Senate inquiry will look into the Optus outages, which saw millions of customers unable to access phone and internet for several hours, with hearings beginning this week. 
Queen Senator Sarah Hanton Young, who will chair the inquiry after moving for it in Parliament following last week, says the company's CEO Kelly Bayer Rosmarine will front this, the inquiry this Friday, November 17. More than 10 million Optus customers and businesses were affected last week when an outage prevented people from connecting to the internet or making or receiving calls, including landline calls to triple zero, taking more than 12 hours to resolve. Hanson Young says the inquiry will seek to find out the cause of the outage and how to prevent future outages as well as why Optus kept the government and customers in the dark on the day. Australians deserve better and they need to know that when they have to access their, their, banking, their bank, when they have to be able to call emergency, when they need to be able to do their business via their phone and internet, that they can trust that they have a reliable service. Survivors of Thalidomide and their families will receive a nationwide apology in federal parliament from Prime Minister Antonio Albanese. The formal apology on November 29 in the House of Representatives will be followed by the unveiling of a national memorial site in Canberra the next day, attended by survivors affected by the morning sickness drug that caused birth defects. The apology was one of the recommendations of a 2019 Senate report which found that if the federal government had acted more quickly when thalidomide was linked to birth defects, 20% of survivors may not have been affected. It's estimated there are 146 thalidomide survivors in Australia who are registered with a support program, although the exact number affected by the drug is unknown. And to sport in rugby union, Melbourne have enlisted an AFL Premiership sports psychologist to address their super rugby Pacific shortcomings and help their Wallabies players deal with the fallout from the, their World Cup disappointment. Psychologists Psychologist Andrew Watterson, who was part of the Melbourne Demons AFL flag success in 2021, has joined the Rebels to support players, including Wallabies playmaker Carter Gordon and new signings Taniela Tupou and Lucan Salakaya Lotto. Coach Kevin Foote is hoping the Rebels can recover mentally from close games, which proved costly to their finals hopes, while also supporting Wallabies players who were part of Australia's worst ever World Cup campaign. The Melbourne side have narrowly missed the Super Playoffs in a number of seasons, only participating in final finals once in 2020 in a domestic format due to COVID-19 restrictions. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, partly cloudy, 32, Perth, showers easing, 29, Adelaide, mostly sunny, 25, Melbourne, sunny, 19, Hobart, partly cloudy, 20, Albury, Wodonga, sunny, 26, Canberra, also partly cloudy, 27, Wollongong, a shower, 220, Sydney, much the same, 23, Newcastle, partly cloudy, 24, Brisbane, sunny, 31, Townsville, mostly sunny, 30, Cairns, a shower 2.31, Alice Springs, mostly sunny 36, Darwin, a shower 2 and a possible storm 33 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands, a sunny day on the top of 31 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 